King Kong. Your curiosity quest starts here. Welcome everybody into the QCO podcast this week. Thank you for joining us. Danny, Travis, Allen here to try something new, I believe. Not necessarily. <laughs> it's it's going to have the same feel. We're just doing a little less. We've We've kind of talked over the last few weeks of how we wanted to cut down a little bit. I think uh, less in the fact that less is more. We got, like, we got a little, cause it's less questions. We're not going to each come up with a topic or a question. We're going to focus more on one main topic, um, but be able to actually have like a good, decent conversation about that yeah. topic. Felt like we were rushing a lot. And even though you're probably thinking, <laughs> Two hours was rushing. <laughs> so, but uh, we. But when you're trying to transition from like one topic to another to another, and a lot of times, obviously, they had nothing to do with each other, which is fine. It can be interesting, but to just talk about it in a smooth transition, even at times, it's like you could go through something that was very like technical based and then transition into something that's like very just conversational based and back, you know? Yeah. So. We decided, you know, just kind of with the way that we felt things were going, that we wanted to cut back a little bit on that, maybe uh, uh, cut the time down so that we're not going so long. But it also gives us an opportunity, like Danny said, to have a little bit more meaningful conversations. So today we have uh, the, the topic that we want to talk about. Now, the, the question here is, what would you sell a year of your life for? Um, I'm going to have Danny expand on that in just a little bit, but I have a quick question for us today, and that is, what is the grossest thing you've ever eaten? Now, when I first proposed this question (laughs) and posted it to our group, apparently that was too cryptic for Daniel. (laughs) He was very... (laughs) You can take it many different ways. If you think about it, what was the exact question you asked? What is the grossest thing you've eaten? Yeah. And then you've I, ever eaten. And then I responded with like taste because taste would be one facet of grossness, right? It could be texture. That's another but, facet of grossness. And it could be societal, which is what I brought up. And see, <laughs> and he likes to, he likes to complicate things more than they really need to be. Most people like you asked me that question. I'd be like, Oh yeah. And I, I, about three, four things pop into my mind. And, uh, There was just extra questions. So I'm going to clarify you specifically. Now think about this yourself, listeners. You specifically, what is the grossest thing that you have ever eaten? And I'll turn the time over to you guys first before I tell you what I've got. Okay. But I think by saying to the listeners, Q-coders, if you will, what's the grossest thing you've ever eaten? We want to know. So I think Travel will be posting something. We will. On social media. I will be posting. Or you can go to our website, wherever, and you can just let us know what the grossest thing you've ever eaten is. Not that, for example, <laughs> the fact that we're even talking about this, Danny brought up the fact like, well, if I've eaten a cricket, but it tasted good, <laughs> you know, <laughs> society believes that that's gross. No, just like if you've eaten something and it made you want to barf, tell us about it. So, Danny, yeah, you go... like a chocolate-covered cricket, you know? Yeah. 
All right. You tasted like chocolate <laughs> and nuts, kind of. That's gross. All yeah, right. You go ahead. So, yeah. What do you screech? So from, the uh, <clears throat> Saved by the Bell. Did he? Remember that episode? Did he chocolate covered? He likes, he like, is this Saved by the Bell where he like gives out candy to people? And like, oh, that's really good. Thank you. Or, no, it's Zach that does it. Yeah, Zach Morris. He has, he has candy and he gives them to uh, Principal, what's his name? Belding? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, building. oh, thank you. That's so good. And he keeps giving them all day. And then he's finally like, hey, you want? Or he shows them the box of like chocolate covered crickets. He's like, oh. <laughs> oh, wasn't that and the episode it, where like it was beach day, but he was in. Yeah, because he kept he was trying to, he kept trying to ditch school. So, yeah, he's like, watch. So he I will like, be there at every place. Yeah, I'll be there at every place you guys go on beach day, on ditch day or whatever, yeah. even though he's supposed to be in detention. So he kept figuring out ways to make. <laughs> building like have to leave i just yeah, want to point out that i am so proud of you guys right now like i have never been more proud <laughs> because number well, one like i mean i've seen not, all of saved by friends. the bell but it's no i'm just it's this specific episode is not ringing a bell to me but it is to you <laughs> get it ringing a bell oh, but no. uh no pun intended actually <laughs> but uh you know you guys are just just make me happy right now <laughs> <laughs> so, well and then the very end after he showed him that it was crickets, at the very end, he's like, you want some candy? And he's like, I'm not eating your crickets. He's like, no, this is Don't not worry, the crickets, not crickets, whatever. And so he eats one. He's like, oh, thank you. He's like, what is this? He's like, grasshopper. Car- no, he's like, caramel caterpillars. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, okay, now it's starting to, it's starting he's to like, ring a bell. He's like, oh, he runs but... to the bathroom again. <laughs> because he was worried, because I think it was like right in the transition time of the, ep- of the show when Zach Morris obviously liked Kelly Kapowski. Oh yeah, but and then she was going to hang she out was with AC Slater. Yeah, all day. But AC Slater was in the picture now, and he was worried that if she hung out with AC Slater all day, that she might like him instead of Zach. He's such a punk. <laughs> Love Zach, but he was a punk. <laughs> but all right, let's let's get to so, yeah. Let's that get to had the food. nothing to do with. <laughs> it was a good tangent though. I love Saved by the Bell. Some chocolate. Anyway, <laughs> so I thought about this, and yeah, I mean, I've eaten things that I didn't like, obviously before. Um, but in the end, I'm like, what is the one thing, though, that really just made me sick almost? And that was Shanghai rice. Shanghai rice. And I'll explain why Shanghai rice. Like, it was so dramatic, not dramatic, traumatic to me as a child that I almost didn't watch Shanghai Noon because I didn't like the name. <laughs> that is such crap. Because <laughs> it had the word Shanghai. Oh my gosh, that is... You love that movie. It's such a stretch. <laughs> so anyway, um, as a Boy Scout, when I was younger, I think I was about 13 at the time, um, maybe 14, we decided to go backpacking into the Uintas as our scout troop. Well, our scout troop at the time, I went, I grew up, and we were in this small scout troop. It was a Japanese-based scout troop. And we had two leaders that went with us, being my dad and my friend Doug's dad. And then it was me, Steve, my brother Steve, and my friend Doug. So it was five of us. Decided to go on a backpacking trip into the Uintas, packed everything up, started hiking in. We get in about three or four miles, I would say, find a lake and decide to camp out. We get there and I could not understand, but like I was dying. Like my muscles ached. I was sweating. I was so happy that we were finally done with this hike. And I get in there. Everyone else seemed fairly fresh for whatever reason. 
And then we get down, we start getting ready, setting up camp. My dad's like, okay, who has the tent? I'm like, I do. It's like, oh, okay, thanks. Bring it over here. It's like, okay. Wait, who has the toilet paper? I'm like, I do. It's like, okay. It's like, all right, who has the, uh, and he just starts naming off, like, I can't remember everything. Like, the hatchet. I'm like, I do. He's like, why did you why have, why do you have everything? And I'm like, <laughs> throughout the days building up to this trip, my dad would just hand me stuff and be like, pack it in your packet, backpack. <laughs> and I think he thought he was evenly distributing things between him and my brother and myself, but he just kept coming to me. <laughs> instead and handing me stuff so my pack weighed like twice as much as theirs the whole time and i didn't realize this the whole time mm. so anyway part of the things that we packed though were mres have you ever had an mre yeah i remember when uh we used to hang out in our youth and you wanted to uh you made us all play army oh yeah <laughs> and uh we would just do tasks for you and then that would allow us to move up ranks and one of them was we had to eat an mre yes is it mre yeah meal yeah. ready to eat okay so yeah we get set up for camp and of course for whatever reason in this area of the uentas it rained every single day at 2 p.m and 6 p.m and so sure enough we're starting to, we get everything set up we're starting to cook our mres and then it just starts downpouring so the only thing that we have is Shanghai rice that we could get warmed up, start eating it. I was starving at this point. It was the grossest thing that me and my brother had ever eaten. What is in Shanghai rice? I don't know. It was just rice with vegetables. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's it? That's the grossest thing you've ever eaten? But it tasted so bad. And so like, no we more, couldn't... <laughs> no more rice and vegetables. <laughs> No so, more food of my people. <laughs> First of all, it's a totally different country. Second, rice and vegetables. You're saying that Japanese people don't eat rice and vegetables? Well, they do, but not in Shanghai style. I didn't say Shanghai. I just said rice and vegetables. Then <laughs> I guess most of the world eats rice and vegetables. But yeah, so that was the grossest thing. And I was so sick after that, just as far as like I was so hungry. The only thing I had left to save my life was we had a little package and inside of it was a pound cake, a chocolate pound cake. It was probably terrible, dry, and hard, Mm. but it was the most delicious thing I've ever eaten in my life because I was without food for like 12 (laughs) hours. It's like I lost 20 pounds in two days. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Alan, do you have anything that you would like to share? Well... This one was Danny's fault, which is why I ate it. Oh, yeah. This was a good one. Do you know what I'm talking about? Well, I got to keep my 10 bucks. I know that much. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so when we were kids, I loved, loved pickles. And we had this huge jar. Like, it must have been from Costco or something like that. Well, I don't think Costco was around back then. I think it was Price Savers at the time. Fine, Price Savers. I'm pretty sure Costco's around for a while, but... <laughs> price savers <laughs> it's just a giant jar of pickles and all the pickles were gone so it was just like a quarter full and this is a big jar so we're talking like it was like almost like, like, a, like gallon a gallon size jar, jar. Size. it was like a quarter full still of just straight pickle juice and Danny was like you love pickles so much I'll give you ten dollars if you." and this is I don't know how old we were I was like, probably like 
12. You were probably like eight. I don't know if you even had $10. Oh, I did. But <laughs> he wouldn't have given it to you. I anyway. was at an age when $10 was like, oh my gosh, $10. Whole dollars. I'm pretty sure I made $10 that morning at our card shop. Okay. <laughs> probably from your neighbors. Just stealing, stealing money from them. So he's like, I'll give you $10 if you drink all the pickle juice in that jar. And I was like, I love pickles. Okay, I'll do it. <laughs> it's easy. <laughs> so I start downing it. I'm like, this is pretty easy. Until I got to like a little tiny bit left in there. There's probably like, like a quarter inch left in the bottom of the jar. No, but the, the I swear I was within two swallows of finishing it. Uh, it and like, then, no, well, I'm inch. telling the story and it makes it more dramatic. <laughs> <so> shut up. <laughs> There's <laughs> like two swallows left, probably a 32nd of an inch. Yeah, but you left out a very crucial point, which is I said, I will give you 10 bucks if you drink it all. Yeah, so if, you, if I drink it all, and I was almost done with it, and then I just got super nauseous and dizzy and just bent over and puked my guts out. <laughs> just, ah! Uh, yeah, I mean, like I and and since I didn't finish the last of it before I puked, he's like, you don't get your ten dollars. <laughs> you were never getting that ten dollars, <laughs> just so you know. And it he was took close. me. He almost got it. I went from like pickles were my favorite thing ever to like for ten years, I could not eat a pickle. <laughs> if I tried to eat a pickle, my like my body would reject. Literally, it. like <laughs> ruined his <laughs> life. <laughs> But luckily pickles. now I can't eat pickles again. Well, good. I'm so happy He's that that turned around. <laughs> He's gone through enough therapy to get there. <laughs> All right. Well, so it was really hard actually because I've eaten a lot of crap stuff. Um, but people of the Mormon faith, uh, a lot of uh, a, a lot of people who go on the LDS missions will have. Usually some pretty good stories because you're going foreign countries. Like my dad ended up eating a cat. He didn't know it at the time. It was their pet and, you know, they they what? brought him in and and for this dinner and they're eating it. And he's like, oh, where's your cat? And they're like, you're eating him. Where was this? It's in Chile. And uh, Trav, so you we went to the country of... I went to the country New of New Jersey. Jersey and uh, I know you're like, well, that's like American food. Yeah. I was Spanish speaking. So... I had to learn all that. That's, I mean, I was immersed in that culture. You have a question now? Yeah. So in Chile, were they just super poor? They're super poor. Like so way like, poor. We have nothing to eat but our pet. Yep. Oh, so they're just going to kill our cat. So I was going to be like in China, like people, they, I mean, I don't, do they eat? It's like a delicacy. <laughs> but like, yeah, it's not like that's their pet and then they eat it. Yeah. They no. Eat dogs just, like they're chickens. It's pretty gross. Like they're hot dogs. Ugh. But, so, I mean, yeah, I was in New Jersey, but I still had some, I mean, like, menudo is totally gross. That's probably up there on my, on my tops. Menudo, if you've never had it, it's just basically like a soup. It's got a bunch of crap in there, but the main thing is cow stomach. And it's just the lining of the stomach. They look like lasagna noodles, and they are just super duper gross. Now, if that's your culture, that's actually one of the, it's, it's like, uh, a dish that is made for special occasions, and it was super duper disgusting. <laughs> Wait, so it's like lasagna? It looks like the the stomach lining that is in there just is all wavy, like lasagna noodles. Oh, but it's not. Sorry, it's not, not lasagna. Noodle. So it is 
It is stomach. It's kind of like haggis. It's intestines is what it is. Maybe it's haggis. I don't know. Is that what? I don't know. My uncle used to always teach us. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Like we had a recite. He'd be like, okay, what is haggis? And we'd have to be like, it's a sheep's heart, liver, and lungs cooked inside of its own stomach. Yeah, that's pretty gross. So no, I've never had that. But I uh, also had like chicharrones, which are like cow or it's pig skin. And you can cook them a good way, but... This one particular time, this lady basically boiled it in water and then drenched it in this like red sauce and it was all rubbery and gooey uh, and I mean, it just had to eat it and I'd just take a sip of water after every single bite. It was so gross. <laughs> Even thinking about it, I'm like, so oh. you, you have to eat it? You don't have to, but like somebody who has like no money is inviting you in and giving you dinner and they're like making, they're basically making like the best dish that they can. And I'm not going to turn it down. I'm going to wolf it down and I'm going to have a smile while I do it because I don't want to offend them. <laughs> um, there was this other time we were just going around and uh, uh, this strangers invited us in. See, it's funny because like a stranger invites me in somewhere. I'm like, hell no, I'm not going in there. But when you're a missionary, you're like, yeah, this would be a good time to talk about Jesus. <laughs> and uh, so you're so like, what you're, are like, you're actively looking for strangers to let you yeah, in. We're like, just let doing. us in. And this was dark. And this family lets us in. They're like, we're having dinner. Would you like to sit down? We're like, sure. So we sit down. They gave us some good food, but then they topped it off with all this cheese. And I like cheese, except for this cheese tasted exactly how elephants smell what? i get every single bite i was like i am at the zoo how does it taste like elephant Kate, smell your taste and your and your smell are very connected right yeah, but usually like the opposite no but so like your smell I, I was affects taste, your taste yeah, but i was tasting it and, and i could, could tell like i was it's almost like i was eating elephant mm. crap like that's what it like I've never had elephant crap, but <laughs> I imagine that's what it was. But before we move on, one last thing, uh, and this isn't mine. This actually just came to me, and this is not food, but my brother, Trevor, probably has had <laughs> his wolf down probably the grossest thing ever, and even thinking about it makes me want to vomit. And it was uh, – he, <laughs> he was uh, – his friend was spending the night and this is, they were like older, like, I mean like adults, but like his friend was, you know, wasn't going home or whatever, spend the night. And he was just like crashing on my brother's floor. And, um, my brother kind of like leaned over the, I think the lights were off. He was thirsty, you know, grabbed a, a bottle and just chugged and he didn't chug his Gatorade. What he did was he took his buddy's Gatorade bottle who oh. was spitting his chew into it? Oh, and sick. he just wolfed it. Oh, <laughs> just wolfed it down. Oh, <laughs> uh, wait, did he not it. taste that? No, he did. But <laughs> I'm getting, I'm dry heaving at the moment. <laughs> he, he just took a chug. Like, I mean, if you ever just like you got yeah. a Gatorade, you're gonna take a chug. Well, it's all. <laughs> <laughs> It's all in your mouth first, and, and you swallow before you even know. And I mean, sorry. And the way you said he wolfed it down, I thought you made he like drink the no, whole. No, no, just one big old gulp. So anyway, 
keep that in mind, guys. If you can beat that, please, <laughs> please let us know. So yeah, I'm, I am going to post uh, on on our social media sites uh, this question. I do uh, like seriously. If grossest things you've ever you've ever eaten, let us know. I'd like to see who who can top. See if Jink, you can drink a gulp. The bar has been set high. You have to beat Shanghai rice. You have to beat rice and vegetables. <laughs> <laughs> but it has to be like freeze dried package sitting there for several years and then rewarmed up by some kind of little like bubbly device <laughs> or pickle juice or what was yours again, Trev? The uh, minuto. Minuto. Yeah. And or. And or chew. Chew, chew spit juice. Yeah. <laughs> Pick which one of those would be the best, <laughs> but not just just any. It's your friends choose spit juice. Like, so, like, I mean, you know who it is. At least could be I worse. Guess. Could be a stranger. I guess. It I doesn't don't know. Matter. I don't know. <laughs> I don't care if it's somebody I know or they're a stranger. To me, it's not mine. Does it? Yeah. Actually, would it, would it even matter if it was mine? Like, I, if you had to drink urine, would it matter whose it was? Yeah. <laughs> just as long as it's somebody who just is really hydrated. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. <laughs> yeah, like I would want a healthy person yeah, to urine I over guess. like a sickly person. But <laughs> Okay. All right. Well, let's move on to our main topic. So the question is, what would you sell a year of your life for? Don't get hung up on the language, darling. There's nothing sinister here. It's all standard boilerplate. Paragraph one states that I, the devil, a not-for-profit corporation with offices in Purgatory Hell in Los Angeles, will give you seven wishes to use as you see fit. Seven? Why not eight? Why not six? I don't know. Seven just sounds right. Paragraph two outlines the manner in which you'll pay for the aforementioned wishes. What? Are you kidding? I have to give you my soul? After you've had your wishes, of course. But it's my soul. I can't give you my soul. Would you give up your soul, Trav, <laughs> for seven wishes? No. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. If I could just, well, it's seven wishes, so it's after the wishes, so maybe I would just do, do six, six wishes, wishes, wishes and, yeah. and never. Well, isn't that what he ends up doing in the in I don't know, but it's bedazzled, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, with Elizabeth Hurley and, and Brendan Fraser. Yeah. <laughs> it's like your favorite movie growing up. I've, I don't, I can't even tell you if I've actually seen that movie. So what do you mean it's my favorite movie growing up? <laughs> I just remember up. you talk about it all the time. You're like, Brendan Fraser is my favorite. You are smoking. <laughs> I do not know. Which- I'm just kidding. I made all that up, but yeah, I wanted to see if I could catch you in something. And you'd be like, oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> you got me, guys. I love Brendan Fraser. <laughs> but all right. So tell us, expand a little bit more on okay. the actual question. So, here. I mean, how this even popped into my mind is something that we could go over um, and explore is there was recently a study that I heard about that was done where they've tried to figure out what is the average lifespan of a person who played in the NFL versus an average person who had not played in the NFL. And at the end of the study, they found that the average life expectancy for somebody who is an ex-NFL player lived 69 years, whereas the average life expectancy for somebody who was not was 76 years. So in essence, it costs seven years of their life. So... It kind of thought, as I thought about it, it was more of a thought experiment in the fact that basically now that the study's out there, anybody who decides to go into the play football and go into the NFL is in essence deciding if they are willing to trade the lifestyle, the benefits, the love they have for the game 
for seven years of their life. Mm-hmm. And so just kind of thinking of it in that aspect, I started to think, well, would I ever like give up, willingly give up a year of my life? And that's where I started the whole thought. So that's the question is what, and I'll, I'll push it to you and Alan to kind of just expand on this for a little bit, but what, what, how much would you value a year of your life? And how would you try to like quantify that? So going to the actual scenario of the NFL player. Okay. Cause I asked, I asked this question to my coworkers today at lunch and uh, cause I told them what we were talking about today and, and just wanted to get their take. Like, and I told them the exact same thing on average NFL players live seven years less than an average person or than, you know, a normal non NFL player person. Yeah. And would you trade that lifestyle for those years of your life? And immediately my, <laughs> my boss was like, yep. And that was it. <laughs> and uh, then he thought about it for a second. He's like, all right, well it, it does depend because he has six children and his youngest right now is three, I believe. And he is turning 50 in November. So you think about it like he would have 19 years left in that aspect, but he brought up a good point or maybe just as this just came out in our, in our conversation um, because he said at that point, he, he then reverted back and he said, no, 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 I wouldn't because that is, you know, I only have 19 years left at this point. But what if, I mean, if you were a football player, an NFL player had those millions, you were a star or whatever, you played for the normal amount of time. I mean, if you're a quarterback, maybe you're retiring at between 37 and 38 or 37 and 40 years old. Same thing with like a kicker. Um, Maybe if you're a wide receiver, maybe around 36, 37, and then running backs maybe a, a year or two earlier than that, you know, on average. I mean, really, running backs is like 28, you're out the door. Well, once you hit 30, you're basically cancer. So, yeah. <laughs> so, like, running backs literally have most of them like a three to four year window. Yeah. And the average NFL player actually is three and a half years, is that actual, uh, the average NFL career. Yeah. Um, and you're right, but like the outliers is what you notice because those yeah. are the ones that stand stay around forever. Tom Brady is not average. He's no, like no, he's not. Um, any of the big name quarterbacks, you just forget over the years how many come and go. Yeah, but let's just say you know you retire at 34, 35. Let's say 35. That's how old I am right now, and uh, you retire early. Normal, normally in life, you're retiring at 65. Now it's like around 70. Even more than that in some cases because it's you just, just can't afford it. You just can't afford it. And so what kind of a life is retirement after that? So if I'm retiring at thirty five, have millions, but know that, oh, okay, well, I just could have uh you know, worked away six, seven years of my life. Well, that at that point I have a really about another half of my life left that I can used to enjoy the wealth that I have created with my family and friends and whatever. And I think at that point I might take it. Yeah. So, I mean, that is exactly why I think this whole thought experiment is so interesting is because there may be a price that you actually could put on something like that. Because if you feel like 
shortening your length of time, but also increasing your utility of life, is there like a good balance there, right? Like, mm-hmm. is there a formula that you could be like, that works for each person that you're like, okay, if I can increase the utility of my life by X percentage, I'm willing to take off X percentage of my life at the end, right? Yeah. So, Alan, how about you? Uh, so, when I was thinking about it, I was just like, well, it depends on what portion of my life we're talking about. So, actually, I'm going to bring that up a little bit later, but like, for the case, for this case, like we're talking taking- about... The last year of your life. The last year? Yeah. Eh, I don't know. I have this weird thing where I just don't ever want to die. Like, because one of my main, my, my biggest fears is dying and there just being nothing. No afterlife. That's like, well, it's one, of the things, one of the things that scares me most is you die and then you just don't exist anymore. It's black. nothing. And people always try and like, be like, well, you wouldn't even know anyway that you don't <laughs> exist. And that's exactly the point. I don't want to not exist and not know anything. <laughs> I like being it's, conscious. It's I kind like of a conundrum, though, huh? Because then you wouldn't exist, but you wouldn't know you didn't exist. So. And they, they say that like that's consoling. I'm like, no, that's <laughs> terrifying. That, yeah, so I basically, they're telling you you're going from existence and consciousness to non-existent, no consciousness. Yeah, that's my fear, is non-existence and no consciousness. But I guess you would never be able to actually experience your fear. because Yes, Danny, I've had this conversation with the time. <laughs> that's exactly what they say, but it scares the crap out of me. Yeah, well, understandable. So, I could understand that. I'm just like playing devil's advocate. He loves <laughs> devil's advocate. I told him the other day, I was like, look... I know that you like when you say I want to play devil's advocate. It's really you just stating that you're on that side of the argument. <laughs> you're not just doing it for like the hell of it. You're <laughs> you're literally on the other side. Well, I also and this would is not want to just perish into nothing. I know, but this is just but... your nice way of saying let's agree to disagree. <laughs> <laughs> so no, maybe I think it's a valid point. Maybe if I was in the NFL and I signed like a let's say $90 million contract like Ezekiel Elliott, and then I retire with over $100 million total out of my career at like 35-ish, then maybe i take $60 million of that and just solely hire scientists and people to work on, <laughs> make my life, prolong my life, but do it in a way that it's... Um, I'm not just like a vegetable, you know, for the end of it. Like, I get another brain. <laughs> I know I have CTE coming. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, really work on regenerative <clears throat> medicine. Like, figure out how to keep your telosmeres, telos, telomeres, telomeres, like with their little tails. Telosmeres. <laughs> without them shortening too much. <laughs> uh. Just Which, if you don't know what your telosmeres, <laughs> if the listener doesn't know what those are, those are the ends of your DNA that fray every time your cells split. Split, yeah, and that's why you get start older. aging and getting older is because parts of your DNA is like the coating gets gets damaged on the ends. Could of you it. cut them off like split ends? See, may, I will hire somebody. <laughs> But to, to me, that would be that the out. opposite of what you want to do because you want to keep the length at all costs. I will hire, <laughs> I will hire Ant Man 
to go microscopic and rebraid the ends of my DNA. Every single together. one of them. <laughs> single thing, every single strand, like... And I'm going to be here for a while. How is work today, Ant Man? <laughs> my job sucks. It's like I work. I braid like, all day. <laughs> well, I like work on assembly line, like, basically. Well, you got 50 trillion more to go. <laughs> and then by the time that he was but, done with just a few, you would have to start over because they would already be fraying again. And so you would have to have like a legion of Ant Men. But, and this would be too small if he went into the quantum world. You know that. <laughs> but let's say Imagine he went that. into the quantum world and was able to do it. For him, time doesn't pass in the quantum world. So he could do all 50 trillion. <laughs> no time for him. For him, but yeah. for you, you'd be dead long ago. <laughs> it's all relative. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So what are your thoughts, Dan? So. Yeah, I mean, the first point... No, 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 no. That's a paradox. Because if he does do it, that means there's two realities if I really die because too much time went by, but he actually does it because no time goes by for him. (gasps) (laughs) That is... So physics right there. That's actual real stuff in physics is the quantum world does weird stuff like that. Okay. But two different, how does that help you? So you're saying it's, you would split until it'd be Schrodinger's cat again. You would split one of you is dead. One yeah, of you is there alive. would be there would be an existence where I am still alive because he actually repaired all of my cells or DNA. But then there's another existence where I died. So I yeah, there would be a split in reality where I go two separate ways. I'm but I don't think the question is one he was successful, one he wasn't. It was just like it would take too much time. Period for him to do it for you on the in outside my world. reality. But yeah. in his reality, he does it, so I am alive. Okay. Just, there's no right or wrong answer. <laughs> I get what you're saying. He wants the right answer is they're both correct. I mean, That's devil's, how quantum devil's physics advocate. Works. Stop saying devil's advocate. <laughs> <laughs> That's how quantum physics works. Both are correct. Yes, because like time. everything is everything and everything and is nothing real, at the same time. Physics, yeah. Okay. So <laughs> it's real physics, guys. <laughs> which is true, and it's very fascinating. But if you get me on this tangent and Alan on this tangent. We will see Trav walk out this door, <laughs> come back next Thursday, I think we and we did will it still in, be talking. I think about we it. did that one in an entertaining way. Yeah. Ant Man. No, I don't think it's, it's unentertaining. Okay. I just mean that we could talk about this for literally. Yeah, but forever. Trav likes Ant Man. Yeah. I do like Ant Man. But I'm saying Trav could <laughs> Trav could All go right. into his quantum realm, drive home, spend the week, come back next week to record next week's episode, and we'd still be like, so hypothetically speaking, but we'd be yeah, very dehydrated. <laughs> Yeah, you could go on for a long time. So let's focus. Let's focus this in a little bit. Okay. So what if I were to say, what if you you had to put a price on a year of your life? So it was now I can sell a year of my life on the market. It's like an actual business transaction. What number would you have to receive in order to sell that year of your life? So say you could just like inject something and then it would siphon out one year worth of life force from you or whatever. You had it in a vial and somebody was interested in purchasing it. What would be the number, the minimum number that you would settle for? $12,857,142.09. Well done, Trev. That was very thought through. So (laughs) we'd like a detailed description of one. Well, if we're using the whole Ezekiel Elliott thing of $90 million, I'm just going to (laughs) divide that by seven years. (laughs) Yeah, that sounds about right. And that's about it. 
Because if that's really what we're talking about, because honestly, like in in this scenario, we're talking not that we're just like on average, you know, the and one, you know, an NFL player is in the NFL for about three years. No, we're talking about like we're there for the long haul. We're making the big bucks, and that's what we have to make the decision on, right? Mm. So on a uh, on a contract such as the one that. Easy E just got ninety million dollars. I can't remember over how, six years. Six years, yeah. but we'll say for seven, just for the hell of it. And so, yeah, that comes down to like, yeah, whatever I said, twelve million, 12 million eight, something. yeah, almost thirteen million dollars for per year for a year. Okay, mm. that's good. Alan, any specific number that you would? Or are you going to go with <laughs> the like, same number? That exact number. <laughs> you can say that. Well. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, as long as I can invest that money into restoring my health. Now, honestly, you w- like you wouldn't want to re- use that money for anything else. Well, like, use as long as I can use like like sixty percent of it, seventy okay. percent of it to restore my health. What else? Would I'm you good with use this money. I'm good for? with just thirty percent of that much. Like, would you want to use it to like travel anywhere? Well, we've talked about what I would he's do gonna with go, money before. He's, he's, I would. I would make buy a spaceship. <laughs> <laughs> ding 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 ding. I would you I would pull an Elon Musk. <laughs> so Trav and I had a discussion yesterday about how long it would take you to get to the point where you would talk about buying a spaceship in this episode. And thirty something minutes was the answer. <laughs> yeah, but so, you I you baited him. <laughs> I would not we didn't make a bet. He just like you bet he'll talk about doing that and i was like well probably but but now here he is he's sitting there's like well yeah but you sure you wouldn't go on a trip like where would you go what would you do with that money i didn't say how it would get there i just said it would get there um but yeah no so i guess i would undercut the market then if you guys are both going with about 13 you know 12.8 million it sounds like um the money or the number that i came up was actually 10 million dollars and I came up with that money because I felt like ten million was a number that I realistically probably will never make in a single year of my life without some kind of good fortune or or luck, right? Um, and it's also enough that once I got a lump sum of ten million dollars, then I could use that, and if I invest it wisely, I can live the rest of my life without having to work a job I don't want to work. And a caveat to this, though, ten million, assuming the state of Utah and the federal government are not going to take a piece of my money in taxes. So it's net 10 million. Yep. Okay. So maybe it would, I was it always, would be I like, was just assuming we were talking net the whole time. Yeah, so did I, but well, if I you guys are also, getting salaries like easy. He's paying taxes. Okay. I didn't say as said, if we're talking about a, an amount of money, then that is the specific amount. Like, I want that in hand. Okay. So you want that net? Yes. Yes. And I would also want my net. Um, if the market was established by you guys and you guys were getting 12.8, I would probably go 12.7 because I would want to sell. Do you just treat everything like its prices, right? <laughs> or a competition. <laughs> like, I will sell my gear of life for 12.7 ding 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 yeah. <laughs> I got closest without going hey, over Jim <laughs> no it's just because like if that was the market I wouldn't want to like get screwed over I just want 
I'd want to be like in the right price range, but also where my merchandise goes first. <laughs> so, but yeah. So that's the monetary amount. I said those were good answers. And I'm kind of surprising that all three of us came up with a number though that was within, I mean, 10 million to 12.8 million. It's mm-hmm. not like somebody was like a billion dollars or somebody was like, a hundred bucks in a Snickers. <laughs> I mean, we're realistic well, cause, here. Because <laughs> also, the tra- yeah, I mean, the trade-off is you're you're getting rid of the worst years of your life, or like, well, I don't know, the worst, but like the tend to be like the old. You're the older you get, the worst, the lower your quality of life to massively increase your quali- quality yeah. of life overall. Also, like, if I especially knew that, you know, the like basically what you're talking about, like the year that I'm getting rid of is like, you know. My seventy sixth year, then yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, but I actually, guess yeah. If ahead. I did know that, like, I was gonna die at forty, and I started getting rid of like seven years, I'd be like, no, because <laughs> you would die like next year. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, let's change this, like, expand a little bit. Now, you sold. We know how much you would sell one year for, or how much we'd also one year oh, for. Wait. What if the question was, would you sell multiple years of your life? Would you? And if so, like, so would I, if I came to Trav and I said, I want to do this uh, transaction, I'd like to purchase a year of your life. Here's 12.8 million. You say, okay, thank you. And then I'm like, oh, I come back a week later. I'm like, you know, I really enjoyed that year of your life. Like I would like to purchase another one and I give you another 12.8 million. Would you then give me another year of your life? I'd probably be good with twelve point eight million, like just for once. So, so the answer would be probably and no, no. Yeah, I'd probably Ellen. If I did, I would you. say, I would say, if you just buy two right now, I'll give it to you for twenty. <laughs> <laughs> You're making deals. <laughs> <laughs> well, but he came back a week later, so then you would sell two more for twenty, and so he would have three years total versus one for twelve point something. So you would value the second year for less than the first year. He's just giving you well, a good deal, give him man. A good deal, so he takes it. <laughs> <laughs> so you, but the point is, you do want to sell it for twenty million because I already established. I thought earlier we were already talking about like seven years of your life because we were talking about the NFL. Well, no, yeah, the base, kind of, yeah, based on that, he did one year. How much would you charge for one year? And you yeah, said twelve point eight. I would sell up to seven for deals. If it had, <laughs> if I had to see, cause I would not like for me, there would be a diminishing return on, on the money. Cause once I had the first 10 million, I don't want to sell the second year for another 10 million well, because my lifestyle and my life will not improve much for that second year worth of like well, of selling my, my life. thinking is how much can I really improve regenerative medicine, regenerative medicine with just 12 million. I need to get that like up there to you <laughs> there you're in like a yeah this conundrum because <laughs> if I just like, sell one then I'm like I can't <laughs> I can't add this year back into my life by by doing regenerative He's medicine selling like, years of his life to hopefully hopefully get them back <laughs> <laughs> with the money that he's earned <laughs> he could have just never sold them in the first just, place I, <laughs> I explained already just seventy yeah. percent of it toward getting my life back ah. Then I so, would still have thirty percent of ninety ish million. So what if you get left. to the point where now you're like in desperation mode because you've sold off so much of your life that you're down to like 
you've sold off 40 years of your life. You have a billion dollars in hand, and but you like, I have like one year to get this figured out because I now have a, a buttload of money, but no hard science to say that I can increase the longevity of my life. Then I immediately take what I have left of the money and go find someone else and buy their life. That's not part of the deal. <laughs> <laughs> you guys ever seen the movie In Time? As I was just going to bring up. Okay, I couldn't remind remember. me. Yeah. That was Justin with Justin Timberlake. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually really liked the concept of that movie. I just don't think that the it was done super well. Yeah. So a little bit kind of similar, right? Uh, except for in that time is currency. Yep. And so, everyone stops aging at 25. Yeah. And they may remain 25 as far as like physically yeah. until they So long die. as they have time in their account. Yeah. yeah. But like that's the thing. It's like all the so the rich people like money is non-existent. It's literally time. And people are buying cars and homes and just food, paying rent, all of this with, with paying from time from your life. And uh, so, I mean, like, I wonder, like, if in that aspect, like, I remember watching that movie and being like, this one sucks so much because you literally have a reminder on your wrist of when you are going to die. Mm-hmm. Unless you can, like, Unless work and can, gain more time yeah. or sell something and get more time. Yep. So, I mean, that's an interesting concept that, and a direction that I wasn't necessarily planning on going in, but I'm glad that you brought it up. So... Using that thing, what if every single person was born with a hundred years of time on their time clock, right? But time is currency. So in order to eat, it is like that conundrum. Like I got to spend some of it to buy food so that I can eat and and survive, right? That's basically what my plan was. Regenerate your body (laughs) by spending the money you made by selling your time. But yeah, so I mean, I can see it, but like... Knowing that, what I mean, would your direction that you would choose to go be? I'm gonna be super conservative and like I'm gonna just get by with like the very minimum that I can and live like a long, like 90 year life because I can live through the whole time with spending like 10 years of my life as the currency, right? Mm -hmm. Or would you go the opposite way and be like, I'm gonna go hog wild, I'm gonna only have 30 years on earth, but I'm gonna have one heck of a 30 years. I can tell you that would probably solve the world's obesity problem. Yeah, because nobody would be like, man, if I eat. See, there's there you find yourself in a a weird... uh, situation conundrum. as well conundrum <laughs> keep saying the word conundrum but it's like if i eat i will die sooner but if i don't eat i'll die too <laughs> <laughs> but like there are actually there, like, uh, there have been studies that show that low calorie diets lower calorie diets um you actually live longer oh, yeah. the less calories you take in yeah and it's, like, and what types of calories you're taking in too because your body doesn't have to work in overtime to like digest them and mm-hmm. and process everything basically so process you could, yeah. you could find basically a happy, everything you can find I a love. happy medium of just like a low calorie Chips, diet but like you're still surviving burritos. and then you actually live longer yeah but that's what i'm saying is like you could go that route you could go like the uh monk route or whatever and say i'm gonna live hamburgers <laughs> i'm gonna live 90 <laughs> years but um that's the monk route <laughs> well like Chili but i'm gonna dogs. eat you know <laughs> the minimum just enough to keep me alive like and do that and i don't need anything extravagant Pizza. or la- lavish 
and I'm gonna, but I'm gonna live a long time, and I can have more experiences on Earth that way. Or the flip side is like go balls to the wall for like the whole time you're on Earth, but your time on Earth will be very short comparatively. You're like, but yeah, man, I lived, I lived. So that would be the interesting uh, trade-off if yeah. you were. If you've never seen the movie, go. I mean, I'm sure you can. Rent it somewhere. Well, not like at a blockbuster. Those things don't exist anymore. But like on... It's not the best movie. <laughs> but, but on Amazon. Yeah, it's not it's, like the greatest movie. But, but Speaking it's, of uh, it's worth some, a, watch. a company yeah. that ran out of time, Blockbuster. Blockbuster. Poor Blockbuster. Nobody hear my joke? What did you say? said, it's not the best movie, but it's worth a watch. Ah. I thought you were going to say it's worth I mean, I time. heard it. I heard it, but I didn't... <laughs> It didn't occur to me what you're doing. So, okay. Well, so now we've established that. So this is more of just understanding, like, how would you, how do you feel like yourself when you were younger would have handled this same question, right? So if now you're 18 instead of 35, or I'm 36, or Alan's 32, right? Mm -hmm. If you're 18... How would you sell? How much would you sell a year of your life for in this scenario? Would it be less? Would it be more? How oh, I'm sure. Well, I'm pretty much betting that 18 year old self is would be more willing to sell it, but the price would be astronomical. <laughs> and the only reason why I say that is because there is no like. I mean, somebody says, "Oh, you know." they will buy something from you. You're trying to get the absolute most out of it. Like when you're a kid, it's just the more money, the better, right? I mean, it's, it's, that's the way now, but at least we're making, um, well, to a certain extent, if you were yeah. like four, you might be like the biggest number, you know, might be like 20. Well, yeah, but you said 18. So yeah. I'm talking like if I was 18, I'm look, I would be the guy that would be like, yeah, I'd sell you a year of my life. $1 billion. <laughs> Ten billion. One hundred million dollars. So I mean, at least here we're, you know, making sense of it by using a um you know the the analogy of being a an, an elf an, an elf. <laughs> an an elf. NFL. Uh, the average elf <laughs> lifespan is They're like hundreds of years. Yeah. <laughs> if you've ever watched Elf. <laughs> but um anyway, so yeah. I, I, to answer your question, I'd probably be more willing to give away my my life, but it would pro- the starting price would be probably a lot higher than what we just talked about here. See, that's interesting that you say that because I think mine would have almost been opposite. Really? Like I think being young, 18, your outlook on life is I'm 18. I have so much life left. Well, no, that's so why I said like I'm willing sell, to give it away, yeah, but if I sell a year of my life, like I'm not as cognizant of what that necessarily means at the time because when you're 18 you think i mean really like you're just the way you think of things is so different than even now when i'm 36 so it's like 18 years have passed since i was 18 so it's literally like half my life ago and now i actually f- see and feel the mortality right of my own life i'm like wow like it's crazy but if i really think about it if I were to double my life again, I would very much, there's a good chance I'd be right at the end of it, you know, mm-hmm. towards the end of it. And that's, I would be in the last stretch or whatever. Um, but when you're that young, you don't really think of 
it that way it's everything you think of is so much like in the future like when i grow up i'm and i'm gonna get this good job i'm gonna do this i'm gonna get married i'm gonna you know like you you see things a little like from a different perspective than you do oh yeah now because now it's like yes sometimes i can trick myself into thinking hey when i grow up what do i want to be but I'm like, I am grown up. I'm pretty much probably am what I what am. I am. <laughs> I am what I am going to be. Yeah. Or was, or am going to be what I was. So, <clears throat> it doesn't mean I can't like, I am. Make small improvements, but it's not like, like the realities of being like, you know, I'm, I can be anything I want to be. I want to be an astronaut or probably Ooh. over. Like yeah. the chances of me now going to NASA and then being like, yeah, let's take on a 36 year old who knows nothing about being an astronaut who, can't even go on rides at Lagoon without feeling sick. Oh yeah, you wouldn't make it. And be you know, then I just don't have that option anymore. Where when I was eighteen, you're just trying to make it was me a sad. real possibility. <laughs> well, thirty-two, you're you're fine. Yeah, you no, it. you got four years before you become this guy. <laughs> um. But I was gonna say, like, I I kind of like I get what Travis saying that he would be he would be willy nilly just like yeah I'll sell it. But his price would be outrageous because because that, that age, thought yeah. yeah at that age you're naive you're a lot more naive to like the true uh, value yeah. of yeah. money so you'd be like twelve million dollars uh maybe like hundred million yeah but you get to this age where you actually know the value of money like what you could do with twelve million dollars you'd be like yeah twelve million dollars yeah. is all. A lot of money. I can so, do a ton with that. What if you took like a finance that class would... in high school and you at least understood the basic concept of the time value of money? So <laughs> if you know that, then you're like, okay, if I took $10 million when I'm 18, that's worth a lot more potentially to me in my life than taking $10 million is at 36 because now you have 18 year, or years of being able to like use that money to like enjoy the benefits from that money and also to invest that money and their interest. Right? Basically, this is the part where Danny likes to introduce something to the whole scenario that wasn't there so that we kind of more side with what he was doing. <laughs> this he's is like, the crap I had okay, to grow up. He's with. like, all right, you guys didn't do exactly what I said. So let me throw this in there. This, I grew up with this crap <laughs> in high school because he would make up a game for us to play. He would tell us the rules, and we would be like, I don't think that's fair, but we're, that's the rules. We'll play it like that. And then he'd just make up new rules and change them all of a sudden, just doing the exact same thing like that. And we'd be like, what? These weren't the rules. He's like, these are the games. This is the game. But this is how life works. Like You never can anticipate the variables that will be thrown at you, and you have to be able to be willing to change and shift. All right, yeah, okay. So you guys would... Not as for cheaper. So, but what if you took a finance class? <laughs> <laughs> Would you be cheaper then? <laughs> sure. I'm guessing if you're voting in that way, but you know what? I didn't take a finance class in, in high school and I still don't know a lot about finance. So basically he just took my argument of you're older. So you know more about finance. <laughs> and so you lower your price and he's like, well, now you're just younger and you know more about fighting. <laughs> I'm just throwing scenarios out there, much like this scenario. So now we're going to go to like one last large concept, and that is no longer are you selling it for money, okay? Money is not an option, but you can sell it for something other than money. Would you, A, 
And B, what would you sell that year of your life for? Like, what would you value that year of your life for outside of monetary stuff? Uh, that like, would be. Would you sell your life for a puppy? No. Would you well, sell in, it for a car? In the movie, no. I mean, spoiler alert, in the movie In Time, he uh, was like, wasn't he like trying to give his mom some of his time because his mom was running out of time? Yep. Yeah, she was and like then, getting off the bus from work. And then he was like running toward her to, while her clock was ticking down. And then right before he got to her, she like dropped dead because she ran out of time. Yeah. Just in case you wanted to know. But <laughs> how does that answer my question? Because <laughs> in that case, you're, he was trying to give up his time to save his mom. Yes. Oh, Okay, so you're try- you're saying you would sell time for time. I would like, like yeah, to give to for, maybe, for humanitarian reasons. Yeah, if you're if you were a father and your kid was running out of time, that would probably you you would give him a year probably pretty easily. Yeah, as your son a year. as a parent myself, that's probably or a spouse just giving extra time would probably be the only thing. Like if it's not monetary, because like when you originally asked that, I was like, well. You know, making sure that my family is fine. At least my family, like, after I'm gone or, or throughout, like, like my kids will be able to go to college and it's all paid for and all that stuff, you know. But, um, but if we're talking about just, like, just, like, some tangible item that is not currency, then I, yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there would be anything. Maybe, yeah. maybe a so, I mean, PlayStation VR. Thoughts I that I had. <laughs> and actually, what Alan said was kind of one of the things that I thought I may or that someone may may do it for and that's for like the benefit of like a large sum of people or other people right so like if someone came to you and is like give me a year of your life or I like kill a million people then it probably would be worth the trade off for most people to say okay I will give you that year of my life because I don't want these million people to die right um, but other things um, are like would you give up time for fame no like would fame matter enough to you to give up the time i personally do not care for fame so no no not really all right how about good looks i'm already good looking so <laughs> Trav, you took my joke <laughs> i was gonna be like i i wouldn't have to sell like i would <laughs> i was gonna say like i, could I would see, be a buyer <laughs> i could actually see there being people in the world and this is gonna get a little bit Maybe uh, dark and morbid. <laughs> Danny likes this. Then I could say I could see Why people. Do I, like I could see there would be at least a few people in the world full of an, enough hate towards somebody that say they were like just on their deathbed, super sick and in a lot of pain, and want just like ready to die, and just the, them giving them time and making them live longer and longer. Oh. I see. Just so like somebody just who to, wanted just to, to die, make, they like prevent from dying. Yeah. Giving them an extra life. They're like, By yeah. slowly killing themselves. Yeah. So yeah. you got, you could that give time out of up. love or you give time out of just like sheer hate. You would really have to hate somebody though to, to give them so much life. to give up your life. Yeah, but if you're that, to keep them around, if you're longer. that full of hate, you're probably not too happy anyway. You're also so probably you're narcissistic, like, which means that you're probably very self involved and oh, that's true. wouldn't care much but still you know what people who hate other people do stupid things so. <laughs> but anyway that is true so the one thing that i thought about that i'm like i think i would actually give up a year of my life for knowledge 
and specific knowledge. If you could be like, Aliens. I want to know where are something they? specific, but I'm willing to pay with time, then <laughs> that would be the transaction that I would do. And the thing that I would want to know is if I could go and be like, okay, I want to know, is there an afterlife? Is there a heaven? And how do I get there? What's it like? Like if I can know all that stuff, I would give up time because if they were like, yeah, look, there's, there's a heaven. This is how you get in. Yeah, but that, this that, is what it's like. Then see, I'm like, sweet. Cause even if I die a year earlier, I know where I'm going and I know like but what if it's you're, like. If, unless you're like religious and you like absolutely have faith, you know, that there is an afterlife already, you're kind of throwing the dice there. Like, well, Daniel, you're, I know you're risking a year of your life to find out there's no afterlife. I know. And then you're like, Oh no. Young yeah. gentleman. Actually it could backfire quickly. If that was the answer it's like, thank yeah. you for the year. And no, there's not. You're like, dang it. I know two young gentlemen who can visit your home and talk to you about these things and tell you that there is an afterlife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I need to know for sure. <laughs> it's not all, hypothetical. It's all about faith, man. <laughs> So, <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, but the only, yeah, you'd only give it up if you know you had good, solid, undeniable intel. And yes, I know that that is another way to say faith, but I'm saying like faith that is, I can see a contract with, you know, yeah. it's like, this is how it is. This is how it works. <laughs> um, but okay, never mind. I'm not going to. I, I'm just going to bring up the show because I'm not going to spoil it, but I just started watching The Good Place. It's great. Great show. <gasps> I had no idea what it was about, but everybody was like, it's so good. It's really, I just it's thought it was like a show. I had no idea that it had anything to do with like the afterlife and all that stuff. Like I thought, I thought it was it, just another sitcom. I thought you'd been watching it for a while and it's like your favorite show and like that's how you just became obsessed with like the trolley problem. No, because yeah, they talk about that. Well, I know because I came up. We, we talked about yeah, the trolley problem, and then people at my work Love when I was Kristen. like, <laughs> <laughs> when I was like at work telling people about our episode. Oh yeah, we did a segment on the trolley problem. They're like, "Have you watched the Good Place?" <laughs> I'm like, "No." Like, you should. You gotta watch the Good Place. They talk about the trolley problem and all that stuff. But good. Okay, so. Do you guys have anything else as no. far as what we've already discussed? I think this or was a... Do I get to throw in one last wrinkle because that's what I do? The wrinkle is I'm just changing one variable, Trav and Alan. And I know you guys don't like when I change variables, but I am because I'm the game master. Is that what game masters do? I don't know. <laughs> I've never played... Played what? Yeah. Is it Dungeons and Dragons? He's, oh. <laughs> You're like, I've never played... My, games. My experience, <laughs> my exposure to it is uh, Stranger Things. Yeah. So. But anyway, um, no. So like, if the variable I were to change is like, okay, like Alan said at the beginning, no longer is the year that you're giving up necessarily the last year of your life, but instead will be selected at random through like a random number generating machine, or maybe you spin a wheel. And whatever number it lands on, you lose that year of your life and anything that occurred in that year of your life. So if it happened, if the number is greater than the age that you are, then really nothing will change for you other than you just like wake up a year later all of a sudden. I am going to... The flip side would be you could miss out on like maybe it lands on seven. So now you have no... Anything that happened during your seventh year 
no longer happened or existed or whatever. Yeah, that's a. I think the seventh year of my life is totally expendable. Yeah, I was gonna say like a lot of stuff from the past, maybe you know, especially like when I was a kid. You know, probably not that big of a deal, but I think it's also too risky. And you know, especially now that I have a family with kids, and if I were to miss like a whole year of their lives, not worth it. Not worth any bit of money. So, uh, easy answer to me is no. I would not do that, Ellen. Well. Say, say it was you were worried about the year that your kid was born, and then they wouldn't be born. Yeah, and that was my exact so, situation that I came up with. In that case, I might roll the dice because <laughs> it's only one year that it can land on that it, your kid's not born. Other than that, you just you missed a year of your kid's life, and then you they're still alive. You can go and try and make amends or something. You only have to avoid that one year that they were born. Out of a yeah. hundred, I mean something. that so you got works. one in a hundred. It's a one. You got ninety nine percent chance that your kid's not going to die. I mean, but that works unless you have multiple kids, and then suddenly you have more than a one percent chance that one of them it lands on one of the years. But still, of each kid is just one percent. <laughs> and then, <laughs> I, but I think, too much of a risk. Yeah. I'm not a father, so yeah, no. That's and that's, that's what I was going to say. Is I think that's just the difference between being a parent and not being a parent. And it's just completely normal. Cause I probably would have had a very similar answer to Alan pre kids. Right. Yeah. Basically but once you go post, I didn't cry at like stupid, like Hallmark commercials or freaking America's got talent has me in tears all the time What? because they're so talented little kids because your children make you flipping soft. They make you sad. Yeah. I mean, they make you happy, but like they make oh, you cry. So you get sad <laughs> so I, when they. Act, what do they? I'm just saying, boot people off. When, or yeah, or no, not that. It's like just they come on, they have these like these backstories, and then they go out on stage and they kill it, and then they get the gold buzzer or whatever, and you got this like ten year old kid who's got like two limbs who can oh. juggle that are just crying his eyes out because it's the greatest thing ever, and you're like, <laughs> don't you normally yeah. juggle with two limbs? I'm saying he's missing two limbs. Oh. <laughs> no, I, that's not like a real scenario. I just if it was the there. arms, that's amazing. But, I know. No, so I'm just, when we're talking about just mindset of being a parent versus not being a parent, yeah. like it changes yeah. you completely. It because completely, like that it, becomes the only thing that you pretty much base everything off of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it, what it does is it completely changes your risk profile. Yeah. So anybody who's like and then you know a finance guy or something, they completely understand the a risk profile. A customer's risk profile is basically like how much would they be willing do you want to be all in stocks? Do you want to be all in safe bonds? What do you want to be in? Well, before you're a parent, you really only have yourself, maybe a spouse to worry about. You know, and that's that's what you're basing your risk off of. So yeah, if I lose a a random year of my life the biggest thing that I could lose is probably the year that I like met my wife and that would be huge. I wouldn't want to lose that, mm-hmm. but, but she wouldn't kids, die. Yeah. But the kids would be like, it's just, there's, it's not worth, even though it's a 1% chance, hypothetically, it's not worth that chance anymore. It's kind of like if someone were come up to you with like a gun and say, we're going to play a Russian roulette, but guess what? You're in luck. We're not playing with a six-chamber revolver. We're playing with a hundred-chamber revolver. You want to play. And if you do and you shoot and you, and you live, we'll give you $10 million. If you die, then, well, that sucks. You know, 
would you take that chance? If it's somebody else's life, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but if it's your own life, I think a lot if of people... Bio life gives me an idea for another quick question for another, for another week, which right. we'll get to. Oh, but. Okay. But yeah, so... I think we covered this pretty well. Yeah. So thanks, guys, for listening. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. We'd like to, uh, of course, we'll definitely post this on social media, and we'd like to hear from you. uh, If this is, you know, something that you would do, would you trade your, like, a year of your life for any amount of money. Um, so we'll, we'll get that going on there. Uh, of course, make sure you visit our website, qcodepodcast.com and we are available pretty much anywhere. Podcasts are, are available as well, but that is, uh, Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, tune in, and then, uh, make sure that you go to our YouTube channel and click the subscribe button, please. Um, and then we'll, we, we've mentioned our social media before, and uh, those, that's, e- or not email, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, uh, which is all QCO podcasts. So, and then please leave us five stars if you've enjoyed the show. And don't forget that uh, these, these episodes release every Friday. And then um, we also have our bonus Dream of Soda episodes, which nothing to do with this actual show, but it's just something fun that we like to do. Um, those are really like good stories. Yeah. If you like good stories and just a lot of laughing, then the, those are the ones for you. Um, and, uh, those come out on or every Monday, at least until Danny stops streaming. So, <laughs> and like Trav said, I just want to make this point. Uh, cause I mean, f- we really, really like the, the ratings and the reviews will go a long way in helping us. So if you like Trav said, if you enjoy this, um, at all, it's free. It only takes a minute or two of your time. Just go down, give us five stars give us a good review we'd appreciate it and um yeah it would help us you know hopefully be more visible to others so Mm -hmm. So thanks again guys for listening and we will catch you next week